This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the interview on the Raptors Republic Podcast Network. And if you hear my voice, you know we're talking about the Raptors 905. And today we'll be talking about the greatest Raptors 905 player in franchise history, Chris Boucher. And to do that, we have his college head coach helped guide Boucher's Ducks to the Final Four one year and the Elite Eight in his first season. His name is Dana Altman. Coach, thanks for joining us. No problem, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right. I was wondering, before 2015, how much New Mexico junior college basketball had you been watching? Well, not a lot. Uh, we were fortunate. Uh, we knew of Chris uh, because of our you know, good standing with a lot of Canadian players. And uh, we had Dylan Brooks, you know, was, was on the team and uh, – we had DeVoe Joseph, Olu Ashlu before that, Jason Kalish. So we had a great relationship with Canada. And uh, we followed Chris through his freshman year at New Mexico and, and much more his sophomore year and uh, really intrigued by his talent. Yeah, there was something intriguing there, especially because he'd only been playing organized basketball for three seasons. And only started when he was 19 years old. And I was wondering, as someone who usually recruits guys who have been so much, you know, formed from the AAU circuit and had been playing ball their entire life, what kind of opportunities does it present a head coach for someone with so little sort of formal basketball training like Boucher? Well, I, you know, I, I think we were really excited because of his shot blocking ability it was the first thing that, that really captured us. Um, we were a little concerned about, you know, just the physicality, you know, he, he was thin, but, uh, he's wiry strong, man. He, he held up great for us, did a great job on the boards, great job protecting the rim and his three point shot kept developing. So, he was a lot of fun to work with, and, uh, you know, since he started so late, everything was kind of new to him, and he was just like a sponge trying to pick things up. It's interesting with his story in terms of coaches. Uh, he has an experience that he talks about, you know, he was with the Warriors organization for a brief time. He signed a two-way contract, and he talked about when he wasn't getting the minutes he thought he deserved being frustrated and he, and he said that he said himself he was he was acting in a unprofessional type of way and you talk about him being coachable and like a sponge uh but was there ever a time uh, maybe during his first season i see in his log he, he he wasn't starting for a period during midway through that season was there a period where he sort of had to get on him uh and sort of coach him up in different parts of his first season you know, uh, he he was at a different stage of his development when when I was working with him, and you know, so I didn't have that problem. Um, he was never difficult, you know, for me, and I, and I was surprised. You know, I had talked with the Warriors, and 
and they said he was a little frustrated and that. And his second year for us, Andrew, he offered to come off the bench. You know, he he wanted our team to be successful, and uh, he had been a starter, I think, his whole junior year, most of it. And and then his senior year uh, for us is is when he didn't start. And uh, and it was him. He came to me and said, "Hey." Uh, Dylan Brooks was coming off an injury, um, and he just said, you know, let Dylan start. I'll come off the bench. And, and he had started in front of Jordan Bell uh, the previous year, and, and Jordan came off the bench. And uh, Chris just said, I'll, I'll come off the bench as long as you play me, Coach. And uh, <laughs> there was no doubt we were going to play him in the same amount of minutes. So uh, he was very unselfish for us. That's interesting. You know, he's got – this incredible backstory and you might not know what to, I imagine you didn't quite know what to expect when he came on campus. Um, he's got, you know, he was, he was homeless for a period uh, in his teenage years. He had a falling out with his mother and uh, his father had essentially disavowed him, said he wouldn't amount to anything. And with, with a guy who's so raw on the court and who's had such a difficult backstory. And I imagine you've coached a ton of players with difficult backstories, but do you at all tailor, your coaching and you're trying to implement principles on him specifically differently, but player by player, especially with someone like Boucher, who's had such a difficult background and hadn't really dealt with authority that much throughout his life. Well, I suppose. Well, I, I talked to all our players, you know, this, everybody's an individual, everybody's different. And uh, we play a team sport, but I can't treat everybody the same because everybody's at different stages of development. Um, you know, we have freshmen compared to seniors. We have, you know, guys that have been with me for two or three years that have done everything right. If they make a mistake, it's different than a, a guy that, you know, makes a mistake all the time. So, you know, I tell my guys it's a team sport, but we're going to treat everybody differently. And we're, everybody's got, you know, a different role to play on this team. And, and Chris was no different. You know, he came in as a junior. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect, Andrew. I didn't know, you know, I knew he was a good junior college player, but I was worried about the physicality. I was worried about a lot of different things. And Chris proved right away that he belonged. I mean, he, he got in there and mixed it up. And, you know, he started developing that three-point shot. And so he proved right away that he belonged. But off the court, on the court, we treat all our guys as individuals. And we feel like each one of them needs different things from our coaching staff. And we try to provide that. And some guys need us a lot more than others. You know, uh, a lot of our guys, you know, if they come from a two-parent household and and have financial resources, you know, they need us a lot less than, you know, someone who, you know, comes from a junior college and, and has come a different route. And uh, I'm an old junior college player, an old junior college coach myself. So I've got a soft spot for those guys that, uh, you know, come up a, a different way and, and need a little bit more attention. And, and Mike Menega, one of our assistants, spent a lot of time with Chris. And, you know, I was fortunate I got to spend a lot of time with him and, and really enjoyed it, you know, enjoyed getting to know him and, he really made a lot of progress when he was here. That's great. And and you talking about again not knowing what to expect. I was reading the the second game that he played 
um, he was starting and in place of Jordan Bell, who was injured. He was, he was playing against a, a 275 pounds, uh, forward named Rico Gathers. Does, does this game ring a bell to you? And, and, um, cause I was reading an article that your assistant coach you just mentioned talked about having no idea what to expect. And then he just, uh, w- played so well. Do you remember that game specifically and, sure. and how no, he impressed we were, you? We were playing, uh, Baylor, uh, the team that won the national title this year. We were playing Baylor at home and, uh, uh they were ranked in the top 20 and, uh, you know, we needed a big win, and, and we won the ball game, and and uh, Chris played really well. But, uh, no, Rico Cather was, you know, huge and physically strong, and uh, but, you know, Chris really did a great job, and, and it was a big win for us that, uh, you know, Chris's junior year, we went to the Elite Eight and, and actually had a number one seed. We won the conference and won the conference tournament, and, and Chris was a big, big part of that team. But... Uh, no, that was the early indication that, that Chris was ready to play and would make a major impact, a, a much bigger impact than we had anticipated. And in that off season, he gets a Sports Illustrated cover story, and uh, in part, he's described as the unicorn. Now, obviously, your goal is to win and to develop players and get a reputation of developing players that go to the NBA. But when you see that type of publicity for a college kid and he's coming back to your school the next season, is there any, is there any part of you that says, oh, I don't know if this is going to go to his head, if it's going to affect him? Is there any like sort of trepidation when you see that type of publicity for, let's say in this example, Boucher in that off season? Oh, you always worry a little bit how it's going to affect the rest of the team and, you know, how how Chris would handle it. But, you know, he did a great job. Like I said, he offered to come off the bench, you know, five or six right. games into it when when Dylan got healthy. And But, yeah, you always, you know, you're concerned. You know, that's that was quite an article. And, you know, he was on the cover, and, and that was big for him. It, it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to our program. And, uh, but, no, his teammates handled it well, and he handled it well. And, uh, it didn't affect him. It didn't affect our team. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, again, that it meant a lot to him. It was it was a great article and and uh, really gave a, you know, a good backdrop for, for what Chris had been through and what he was developing into. Yeah, and, and the road has been definitely not linear for him. You know, he gets the cover story. He has a great senior season, but he tears his ACL in the Pac-12 tournament. And, uh, you know, he, he's talked about how he thought he had lost basketball. You know, he goes undrafted and he sees all his friends get drafted. Do you remember uh, that sort of interim period where he's trying to rehab, trying to get himself a pro job and sort of your role in perhaps keeping his head up as he tried to, you know, stick through what was obviously a difficult process? Well, I think everyone here, you know, he spent the whole summer with us and, um, uh... You know, everyone here knew that Chris was capable of bouncing back and and being successful. Uh, We knew it was going to be a tough year for him, rehabbing and and getting through that. But, you know, he he had a lot of people here supporting him, Andrew. I mean, Chris is loved here in Eugene and on campus. Uh, You know, his, his mannerisms, the way he treats people was very good. And so our trainer, Clay Jameson, you know, really loved working with him. All the guys were here, and as I mentioned, he was real popular on the team, and and everybody felt terrible. I mean, 
you know, he goes down and, and it was a shock. And, uh, heck, I can remember on selection show Sunday when they announced that we had a number one seed and, and or we were a three seed that year, but and nobody was excited. Everybody just felt bad for Chris. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had to pump the team back up. Hey, fellas, we still got to play here. You know, I mean, I know we feel bad for Chris, and I feel bad for Chris, but, you know, we still got a tournament. We got to try to play. And uh, so it was, it was tough. And Chris handled it so good. You know, he was – our biggest cheerleader that whole tournament he was trying to pump the guys up and and on the bench yelling at them all all games so he did a wonderful job being a good team member yeah that team was super fun to watch i remember watching that tournament and i remember jordan bell doing this great interview for the station i work at and there were tears and it was such a it was such a fun team to root for but uh obviously you know so his season ends he goes undrafted he has this circuitous path with the Warriors and the two-way and getting waived and then joining the Raptors 905. He, uh, you know, becomes the defensive player of the year and the MVP. And I was wondering, as you, as you see him trying to make his way to the NBA and now that he's in the NBA, can you compare the experience of watching a player as a coach and now as someone you've coached and are obviously rooting for, can you compare what it feels like to watch them on the court? Um, in, in, from those two perspectives? Well, all I can say is there's a great deal of pride, you know, that our, our basketball staff and coaching staff feels, you know, when when we watch Chris, when we see what he's doing. Uh, you know, we were excited, you know, in the G League when he was Defensive Player of the Year and Player of the Year. I mean, we were fired up about that. And now that he's had some success and, you know, uh, He's just, you know, he's a wonderful young man. His mom is great. She stayed in contact. and stayed in contact with Mary the whole time. And and it's just exciting. And it gives our basketball program great pride uh, to see what he's doing. And uh, whether he's getting 38 or 31 for, you know, the Raptors or whatever, we we feel uh, very prideful because he's, he's represented our school and our basketball program very well. Now, if I could inject you with a little bit of truth serum right now. So for me, you know, I watched every G League game he played. If, and, and whenever he would get called up to the NBA, if he would go to the basket, it kind of looked like his body would snap in half every time um, he went up for like a contested layup. He would be on the ground all the time. And even though he won the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, I would have never foreseen the success he's had this year. You know, he was on the NBA bubble before this offseason and then, the Raptors move, uh, you know, Gasol and Serge Ibaka, and then all of a sudden he's got this contract. Would you have expected for him to have this type of success um, so early in his NBA career? No, no. I, you know, when, uh, you know, he's putting up double doubles, you know, and and a 38-point performance, a 31-point performance. uh, You know, the guys bring me in his stats, you know, after most games and, uh, you know, I just, I'm, uh, I'm proud of him, you know, but to answer your question, I, I don't think anybody, you know, would expect those kind of numbers. You know, those are, those are numbers that, uh, you know, he's had some really big games and, you know, the consistency has to improve a little bit, but I'm telling you, I'm, um, again, very proud, but, uh, I, I have to say, 
you know, when they came in and said, hey, and I saw, you know, some clips and, you know, our our website, our uh, basketball website here at Oregon, we, we show those clips. We put it on our website all the time, so I'm able to watch those clips. And uh, he just did some phenomenal things. You know, he's had some games that uh, have been off the charts. So um, very happy for him, very happy for he and his family. Yeah, and, and I'll get you out of here on this one. I really appreciate the time. You know, as he develops at this suddenly rapid pace, um, just, you know, if we can actually talk about basketball specifically in his game, um, what do you see as as sort of next step perhaps uh, in his development? Is it like a dribble drive game? Is it a, is it expanded range? Is it something defensively? Like technically from a basketball coach's mind, what do you see as the next step he ought to take uh, for him to succeed in the NBA? Well, I, you know, I, I think his passing and ability to make plays for others, you know, would be something, um, you know, everybody's got to get better on the ball defensively. Um, you know, he, he does a good job coming from the weak side and blocking some shots. He needs to continue doing that. Um you know, he can run all day. His resting heart rate was off the charts when it was here. It was like that of a, a marathon runner, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, he can go all day. So, you know, he'll keep going to the boards. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him continue to improve his consistency game in, game out. And I'm sure the organization would like to see that also. Yeah, and one thing I, I, I just thought of, I'm amazed that people still get their three-point shot blocked by him. Uh, like he's just, he still seems to surprise people. Did you have to work on that discipline of him jumping out at guys um, for, for blocked shots all the time? Was that a big point of emphasis? Because in the 905 year anyway, he seemed to jump at everything. Oh, no, we, we wanted him running him off the line. I mean, he, he put a thought in every offensive player's mind. When we had him and Jordan Bell, on the floor together, you know, Jordan can block shots also. We had two guys that, you know, potentially could block 100 shots a, a year. And uh, so, you know, we were trying to contest three points. He probably got some of those bad habits from us running people off the line and, and having Jordan Bell there to clean it up and vice versa. So, um, you know, part of ours, you know, the college line's a lot closer, Andrew, than, than the pro line. And, you just hate giving anybody an easy three. So running people off the line was a big part of our defense. Sure. No, and he's definitely uh, improved that uh, defensive discipline, and uh, he's flourishing right now. Uh, unfortunately, he's injured, I should say, but hopefully comes back soon, maybe before the season start, before the season ends, gets a few more reps in and uh, continues this sort of amazing ascension. Uh, listen, Coach, we really appreciate the time. I hope everyone's uh, staying safe and well out there in Eugene. And um, we hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Well, I appreciate it. Very happy for Chris. And uh, sure hope he continues on an upward trajectory. Thanks.